Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Call It a Comeback. I'm Bobby McGinnis, alongside my co-host, Tom Splone. How's it going, Tom? What's going on, Bob? I'm happy to be back here. Uh, baseball season, we're in full swing now, and uh, we got a special guest with us today. Yeah, like you said, we brought on a special guest. Some call him a genius uh, at the sport. Uh, some also call him a mush. Matt Truskwitz, nice to have you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, let's get, let's get going. All right, so like we were saying before the podcast, we have a lot to cover, um, me being Mets fan, you guys Yankee fans. It's an exciting time in New York, especially if you're a Mets fan, because finally we've seen this team is producing. And I know that everyone always says that, oh, the Mets always get off to a hot start, oh, it's April, but this is a different team. Uh, Steve Cohen spent the money in the offseason to bring in new uh, starters, and they've produced Mark Canna, uh, Starling Marte in the outfield have been a huge boost, um, as well as Max Scherzer. We saw he's been pretty good to start the season so far. I don't know. This is a team that I could really get excited about. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, the Mets are off to a really good start. They just uh, took three out of four uh, from the San Francisco Giants uh, today, which is pretty big because they're one of the best teams uh, in the National League, especially going back to last year. And uh, I think the Mets pitching is starting pitching has been really good. Carrasco gave them, I think, seven and a third or two. Uh, today with I think two earned runs which is a nice outing for him he's off to a hot start and the Mets bats are just putting the ball in play that's something the Yankees haven't been doing I mean when you're striking out more than half the time it's really it's tough to produce runs but the Mets are putting the ball in play playing a lot of small ball and just hit and run and and that's how they're winning ball games right now yeah I think the uh the Mets are off to a good start but uh, I think we should hold back and see what really happens that it's a long season 162 games what are they eight and three now? No, ten and ten four. Ten and four now. Yeah. Right, well, close, but uh, That's right, yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're always known for having a good start and then fall off. Injuries obviously play a role in every team every season, but uh, yeah, the Yankees they're off to it. I'm shocked that they somehow have a winning record, considering that their offense is practically not even there, non-existent. So uh, yeah, they need to get the bats going and. Get it together. Yeah, well, the one thing about the Mets is, yeah, I understand, you know, injuries are going to happen, and I understand it's early in the season, but we've kind of already experienced that so far with Nimmo and Canna uh, being out for a, a couple of games with COVID, and you see guys like Travis Jankowski step up and uh, really just fill in solidly, like McCann, play, I mean, uh, sorry, McNeil, Jeff McNeil playing the outfield, um, and kind of just doing what they need to do to win games. And yeah, it helps when you put balls out of the park. Like today, uh, their first two runs were scored on solo shots by uh, Lindor and Escobar. But later in the game, I was watching, and, oh, man, how did he get on? Uh, I'm completely drawn a, a blank right now. But, oh, that's what it was. It was a hit and run um, with Jankowski, and I forget I who was, was at the plate. I think it was Guillaume. You're right. It was yes. a hit and run performed by uh, Jankowski on first, stealing second, and Guillaume hitting the ball to opposite field where the shortstop wasn't. Um, and so then you set up a first and third situation for the bottom of your lineup, Tomas Nito, and he does his job by just getting the ball to the outfield and getting a sack fly. Seeing that right there gives me hope for why this team isn't just early success. We've seen it a lot this season um, in the first game. I've said it before to you guys, I loved Robinson Cano laying down a bunt when they had the shift on him. It's just like little stuff like that to get on base and try to manufacture runs is why I think this Mets team is legit and they'll be able to keep up the success that they're having early on. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And uh, once teams continue to put the ball in play, especially uh, a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, they did that a lot last year. Uh, you're going to find ways to win baseball games, and especially when you have the pitching 
uh, staff that the Mets have. So they're off to a hot start, and uh, it's quite the opposite, honestly, with the New York Yankees. And, and like Matt mentioned, they're 7-6 and six right now. But it, honestly, watching this team, it doesn't feel like they're 7-6 and because they're not producing any runs. Uh, they're striking out more than half the time, and a guy named Joey Gallo is finding his quickest way out of New York sooner rather than later. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's doing at the plate. Yeah, Tom, obviously the struggles have been uh, seen early on here. Trusk, what are your thoughts? I mean, the Yankees are, I think we said it the other day, they're like at the bottom of the American League in runs scored and offensive efficiency. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the Yankees got big names in their lineup. I think eventually, I think they're off to a very slow start. Uh, I know Judge is going to get it together. We just re-signed Rizzo. Stanton is going to hit the home runs. Hopefully DJ gets back on track to what he was uh, two years ago. But yeah, Gallo, Gallo specifically is becoming my most hated player on the team. Every every at bat, it looks like he's looking for a walk, striking out three or four times every game. It's just unacceptable. They need to they need to play like the Mets. They need to play small ball. They need to majority of the guys on the team that are hitting they have a shift on them. If they bunted half the time or one tenth of the time, they'd be able to score more runs and they'd get more hits because teams would stop shifting against them. Yeah, the frustrating thing is, though, Cashman built that team to kind of be long ball reliant. And the thing is, when the Yankees don't hit a home run, they lose games. And unlike the Mets, the Mets can easily go a game without hitting a home run and still put up three, four runs. This Yankee team is just not built like that. And, I mean, I'm not sure. It's it's going to be hard to just tell guys like Stanton and Judge to just try to start hitting singles and, and doubles because – that's not their game, you know what I mean? They put the ball out of the park. They're expected to do it almost 40 times a season. Um, and like I said, when they don't do it, then it's going to result in a loss. And I know it's early for the Yankees. I still think they're going to be a, pl- a playoff team or at least be in the playoff race um, heading into October. But then even then, you get to the playoffs, we've seen that this do- this doesn't work, this type of formula here with uh, you know, being home run reliant. Um, the pitching staff, I will say for the Yankees, surprisingly – has been good this year despite Cole's performance. Like everyone else has stepped yeah, up. Definitely. So, I mean, they, they, I think they will get it together. It's uh, it's obviously early, but it, it is annoying to see the bats start off slow because that's what this team is is relying on. Yeah, I mean, if they they picked up Isaiah Kiner for left in the offseason, he was off to a very slow start, but he's starting to come into full swing and a couple hits these past few games. I think if they can get production like like him out of DJ LeMahieu, and if Clayber Torres can somehow find his swing and find a way back into that lineup and if they can all the three of them could be productive back how they used to be I think uh, the home runs will come the if they're if they just need players on base once they get players on base and Aaron Hicks he's got to stop hitting at the double plays he's got to stop popping out the short with the bases loaded just little stuff like that I mean it's, it's a lot to ask for but if they get it solved they'll be uh, they'll be all right yeah it's really honestly like you just said the situational hitting uh, needs to be better with guys runs in scoring position you got to get them in uh, um, but, I mean, it's tough. Like, we look across the league. The Red Sox, too, are really struggling scoring runs. They only put up two today, another loss uh, to Toronto. And, and the Phillies, honestly, have been really struggling. So those are two big power lineups we know, just like the Yankees can put up runs and they haven't been to start the year. So, I mean, we saw the cut of uh, spring training this year, so there wasn't a lot of spring training games. That could be a result of this. Uh, so, I mean, I'm hoping to see in the next few weeks we get to see a little more offense from these teams. Yeah, no, you're right. It's it's not just the Yankees. We've seen other lineups who were supposed to be producing. Like you said, the Phillies added a lot of new bats to that lineup. And the same thing with the Blue Jays. They're expected to be putting the ball out of the park, and they just haven't been. Um, So, yeah, we'll see if if that turns around. Um, As far as the Yankees, though, the the one thing that 
kind of annoys me. And I mean, I don't really care that much. I'm a Mets fan. But just from watching a lot of Yankees, because they've played at different times in the Mets, I've been able to watch a lot of games. It seems like there's no consistent lineup. Like every every day, Boone is putting out a different lineup. Guys are either like Donaldson went from batting what first to fifth, or I'm not sure exactly what it was. But <laughs> it's just like guys are moving around a little too much. And in baseball, like you like going into the game, you need to have like that consistency, right? You want to know who's hitting before you, who's hitting after you. And as a player, it's kind of hard to get into a good groove if there's so much moving around. So even though they have early struggles, like. In my opinion, I think that they should just pick something and kind of like roll with it and give it some time to develop. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not a big Boone fan myself, but I also don't think that uh, these lineups that come out every day, I don't think they're coming from Boone. I think it's someone up in yeah. the front office that is setting these lineups. But yeah, I agree completely. I Players want to know where they, they don't want to have to worry about the day of where they're batting in the lineup. They want to know their role. I mean, Aaron Judge bets second, third, pretty much every game, every literally every game. So he kind of has an idea of where he's at, but leading off, like Josh Donaldson leading off, I mean, it, it seemed to, it seemed, it, he looked decent in spring training. I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to letting that ride for a little bit, but I think they need to stick with something, either DJ leading off, Donaldson leaving, leading off, and they just need to let it ride because switching every day is just, it doesn't help the players. They don't know where they're batting. They don't know what approach they should use. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, too, but there's been, like, guys resting early on in the season, too, right? I mean, Judge has already had a rest day. Uh, I think it was, like, a day before the day off, too. Like, it just doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, I know it's early in the season. I know these guys got to get their rest days, but, I mean, when you're not winning baseball games, I don't think resting some of your star players is anything good. And you just saw they lost two in uh, against Baltimore. That can't happen. Yeah, no, I mean – it's yeah. It's it seems like it's been the past few years with the Yankees. That ever since they had all those injuries, I think it was 2019 or whatever. They just uh, Aaron Boone and the whole coaching staff has just been giving off days to all these guys, and I really I really don't like it because I mean a guy like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, Lemayhu should all be in the lineup every day uh, when they're fully healthy. I mean if there's a 10, 15 game stretch in a row where you're playing 15 games in 15 days, then I'm fine with giving a guy an off day in between there. But when you have an off day on Monday and then you're giving guys off on Sunday like Aaron Boone did against the Orioles and we still didn't put up a run that game, then that just makes no sense. What's the point of giving a guy two off days when we literally have a built-in off day for that reason? It just it just doesn't make sense. And it's frustrating because, yeah, the lineup doesn't stay the same. Aaron Boone, uh, I don't think it's all coming from Aaron Boone. The Yankees love doing this analytical stuff these yeah. past few years as well. Obviously hasn't worked out for them, and it seems like that's what's making the lineup every day. So. Yeah, no, you're right. It, I, I agree in the sense that it doesn't come from Boone. It's all these baseball – I don't even want to call them baseball. It's all these nerds that think that you could be so number-reliant. You know, ever since Moneyball, uh, everyone wants to look at the numbers and, and go st- like like right by the numbers. But at the same time, they're humans, and it's baseball. It's a professional sport. And, you know, like, like we said earlier, if these guys aren't getting consistent at-bats – and or at least consistently in the lineup, how are they ever going to get in a rhythm? You know what I mean? I agree. And it's a guy like Jose Trevino who was, who was hot, was batting almost 600 with only obviously 12 at-bats, but it's early in the season and a guy's in a groove. You'd like to see him keep playing, and he played today the first time in like four days. He had the two off days that they had, and then he had two rest days because they wanted to play a guy, Shioka. And I don't think he got a hit today, and that's obviously the, one of right. the reasons was because he's sitting on the bench the last three days, and it just doesn't make sense to not ride the odd hand. And one of the reasons they did that was because Garrett Cole has to have Kyle Agashioka catch him. Well, he he doesn't deserve 
Garrett Cole does not deserve his personal catcher anymore when he literally can't even get out of the second inning. Pitch. He can't even get a quality start out of your ace in his first three starts uh, this year. So I, I really don't believe in, in the personal catcher anymore, especially for Garrett Cole. It's true. Yeah, I, I, under, I understand the whole guys need days off and stuff like that, but the Yankees also have an issue where they have too many guys on their roster. They're infield. They've got five infielders, and they can only play four of them. So I know uh, <coughs> Isaiah Kainfalefa played for the Rangers last year. Or, yeah, he played, yeah, played yeah. for the Rangers last year, and he played like almost every single game of the season. I think like 160 games, if not all of them. Guys like that, we need to have guys like that that can go out there and – play every single game like a guy like Aaron Judge yeah he's a big guy like yeah he might need his rest days but there's rest days built into the season for that reason like for yeah. that reason that so they could play every game so I don't understand the whole uh these guys get a rest day before the off day or just getting rest days I don't know where they're getting paid to play baseball I mean how how hard is it to go up to the plate and bat four times a game and play the field especially a guy like Judge right and I don't even want to say you're in the American League with the DH cuz now the DH is universal so this goes for every team but a guy like Aaron Judge if he's not playing in the field his rest day should be him DHing at the so very true. least he, Aaron Judge should be in the lineup every single game and I say the same thing for the Mets Pete Alonso should be in the lineup every single day whether he's playing first or whether he's DHing there's no excuse anymore uh, for why you can't go up and take four at-bats in a game I mean you're not playing the field um, you're not really asked to do much you're asked to go up there and get a hit or two um, and that should be considered your off day yeah well I mean it's it's definitely harder for the like it's easier for the Mets to say that but it's harder for the Yankees because they're John Carlos Stanton's pretty much his role on the team is to be the DH. That is true. I mean, we saw these past few years he barely played the field. I was hoping this year he's been out there a couple times this year, but I think he he's a he's he was a uh, MVP when he played for the uh, the Marlins or the yeah the Marlins back in I don't know, what, what was that sixteen yeah twenty sixteen twenty sixteen I mean he's a he could definitely play the outfields. I'm sorry, but Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks they both should not be starting over John Carlos Stanton in the outfield. I know. They're worried about the injuries. He's had injuries all these past years, but you just got to let it let it roll and send them out there. Yeah, because it's going to get to a point where you're going to rest these guys or you're going to have them strictly DH because you're scared of them getting injured, and you're going to run yourself into a point where you're going to be looking at a playoff race and you're going to be looking to try to fight to make the playoffs. So would you rather you know, run the risk of them getting injured but you're out there winning games, or would you rather try to protect them for the playoffs when you might not even make it there? Yeah, it makes, really doesn't make sense. And we saw Stan throw someone out uh, last night from right field. It was a really nice throw. So we obviously know he can play the field, uh, and he should be starting most of the days in the outfield. But Aaron Boone loves to protect the players, as we said. So we'll see. But, I mean, I had a lot uh, to say about Aaron Hicks, honestly. It was disappointing uh, to start the year. But I feel like he has picked it up. I mean, his numbers aren't too bad right now. It's just the clutchness from him has really has been what's the negative about him. He doesn't really hit with runners in scoring position. But – I mean, right now I don't have a problem with Hicks out there. I just think st- it should be Stanton and Judge in the corners uh, in the corner outfield over Gallo, just because Gallo can't do anything at the plate right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Hicks is like you said, he's not clutching the moment with all these runners in scoring position opportunities, and he's just is not capitalizing whatsoever. And I think if let's say if the Yankees put Stanton left, Hicks in center, and Judge in right, I'm perfectly fine with that. And I'd put I'd honestly put Joey I'd put Joey Gallo on the bench because he's not producing whatsoever, and then that gives the opportunity, let's say Josh Donaldson to be the DH, and then you could have uh, Glaber, Kiner Falefa, DJ, and Rizzo all in the lineup. 
Yeah, I, I like that, honestly. Um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're about 13 games in right now, so it's a little early. But, I mean, we saw Bellinger go down to AAA last year because he was having a ton of trouble hitting the baseball. And it's this is exactly what it's looking like right now for Joey Gallo. I mean, he, he just cannot touch a baseball. And I know he had a, a single <laughs> in, the, in the ninth thing today to end the game. It was meaningless, of course. But uh, besides that, I think he K'd at least twice. He's an auto strikeout at least once or twice a game. So, I mean... We'll see. Hopefully, you can figure it out. I know it's it's obviously tough in New York too because it's it's a tough crowd. Whenever you're not playing well, Stan had to deal with that his first uh, year in New York. But um, I don't know. It's it's not gonna be the same for Gallo because he's, he's a free agent coming up this year. So it's it's really do or die time for him. And he has zero trade value at, right now. If we were yeah. to trade him, so it's kind of just hold him and hopefully he can get his get his swing together and then let him walk. Yeah, part yeah. of it's definitely mental for Gallo. Like, you're, you get to a point in baseball where you're playing every day, right? So it's not like you have a lot of time to go out on your own and, and work on your swing. Like you said, it wouldn't be, it probably wouldn't be the worst if he just did, like, an assignment in AAA and kind of just racked up some hits just to get the confidence going, just to see a couple, you know, drop in the outfield or drop over the fence because he's at a point right now where he's going up to the plate and it doesn't even look like he wants to swing. He's looking to yeah. walk. He's looking to walk. And you that's just a bad that's just a bad habit to get into, especially as a guy who's gonna be in your lineup almost every day. Exactly. You know, the thing for the Yankees too, <clears throat> it's early in the season, but they're in a much tougher division uh than a lot of other teams. Arguably the best division I think in baseball. Um They need to win these games against the Orioles right. and the Detroit Tigers. they these are much these are must win games in April. Exactly, because you're going to play a, a handful of games, a chunkier season against the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Red Sox, and those are those are going to be series where now you're going to be forced to win those series because you couldn't take care of the Orioles and you couldn't take care of the Tigers. So, I mean, it's just going to make it tougher later on in the season if they can't rack up some of the easy ones now. Yeah, I, someone told me, I, Tom, I think it was you, you told me some stat. I think the Rays have beat the Orioles like 20 times in a row or something in the past. Yeah, last season they went 18-1, I believe, against the Orioles, which is insane. And since midway through 2020, I believe they're like 25-1 and against the Orioles in the last 26 games, which is exactly how you beat up on bad teams, and that's how you get a good spot in the standings. But the Yankees haven't been able to capitalize that the last few years. I mean, they have played the Blue Jays and the Red Sox tough. Uh, this season and going back to last year, but I mean, if you're not beating the bad teams, your record is just not going to be as good as the teams that are, that are beating up on the bad teams. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, there's no excuse why we shouldn't have won this game today with Michael Pineda pitching. I mean, it's it was his first start of the year, and he, it, it, he, he's an old fat pitcher. Yeah. There's no reason for us <laughs> to not score one run off him. It just seems, yeah, it seems like the bats just aren't. I don't know what the issue is. I don't know the approach. Maybe isn't Slow there. Start. It's a slow start. Who knows? I maybe maybe uh, a ch- maybe Cashman makes a trades one of these big names and maybe it's eye opening for the rest of the lineup. But it yeah. seems like no one wants to no, no one wants to play baseball. It seems like everyone's just up there just to just because they have to be up there. I mean, I'm gonna throw this out here now. I know you guys aren't gonna want to hear this, but do you get to a point where if the Yankees are still you know hovering around 500 at the All Star break, do you trade Judge? I no, mean. Uh, no. I wouldn't. He's the face of your franchise. I mean, is he though? Because you weren't able to resign him in the off season, and there's no guarantee. I mean, he's probably gonna look to to the open market uh, in the off season. So you could easily get a lot of value for him now. I mean, all right. So if the Yankees are 500, that probably won't happen. Instead, they'll be looking to acquire someone. But say they're say they're off really slow, right? And say they're like, 
I don't know, ten, um, five, five, ten, five or ten games of, between five to ten games under five hundred. Is that when you look to maybe do that or no? I mean, if they, I mean, the front office obviously knows more than we do, and if they are not going to move on their clearly, Judge wanted a little bit more money, and the Yankees weren't willing to give it to him. If they're going to still stand put on their their numbers, and they're not, they're going to let him test free agency. If that's the case, you got to try and get what, what he's worth out of if, if yeah. you got to trade him to get prospects or whatever, but. I, I can't see them letting him walk in free agency. There's just absolutely no way. Yeah, I mean, you, we have to see what the record is, obviously, by the, the trade deadline. But, I mean, the Yankees haven't been sellers uh, in, in a while. So it's going to be interesting to see. I would not trade Judge unless we're getting, like, a huge haul of prospects uh, from whatever team that wants him. But I think, depending on what Gallo is doing by then, if he has any trade value, I'd try and ship him wherever we can. Because the Yankees do have prospects coming up. They do have... Um, Peraza in the infield, which I think if the Yankees continue to slump, we could see him get called up soon. That's just a change of face to the lineup. Uh, there's also a guy, Estevan Florial, in the minors, too, uh, who's been hitting well, I think. Is he also infield? Uh, he's an outfielder. And, I mean, if Gallo continues to play this way, I could see him getting called up for Gallo. So I think that's something to look for if the Yankees continue to slump. They do have the guys to call up. So. Yeah, they kind of have a depth so. problem in the infield, right? We were talking about it earlier. Like, a guy like Glaber can't get into the lineup every day. Maybe they would they look to move one of them? For yeah, I think that I could know. be a, definitely a name to look out for. Glaber Torres could be a trade candidate at the deadline. He was uh, talked about a little bit uh, before this season started. Uh, I think the Yankees were trying to trade uh, with the Oakland A's uh, with, for either Olsen or whoever it was. His name got brought up. But uh, I think that's definitely a trade candidate because, I mean, I like Glaber, but he's not nearly what he was in 2019. I'm not sure what happened to all of his uh, pop that he had. Uh, he still puts the ball in play, he hits singles, but we just don't see the home runs anymore from him. Yeah, the one thing mm-hmm. where if they were to make a trade like that, Glaber is pretty much the only player. Glaber or Connor Fluff are the only two players you could trade because these, everyone else's contract is ridiculous. I mean, if DJ LeMahieu's contract wasn't what it is, I mean, he's, he would have some sort of trade value, but he's probably got slim to none because he's getting paid and good money and no one's going to want to take that contract on. Same with... Josh Donaldson, I mean, we took on that contract. We got played by the Twins for that. Um, yeah. And then we just – no, we're not going to trade Rizzo, but he's yeah, just you got w- resigned. You wouldn't, you wouldn't trade Rizzo. I mean, the only thing that LeMayhew has that would be appealing to other teams is that he could play anywhere in the infield. Yeah. And, you know, he's not just second baseman. Um, so that could be attractive. But like you said, I mean, what was he resigned? He was extended last year. Yeah, six so, years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um <clears throat> One thing that I kind of want to cover before we end the show is the NL East, because I know it's early, right? We're not even a tenth of the way through the season, uh, 13, 14 games through. But the NL East is not as like strong as I thought it was going to be. I thought the Phillies were going to be a lot better. I thought the Braves were going to be a lot better. Well, Braves are going to Cunha back in, on, I think, maybe less than a week. He just had his AAA assignment, so that'll yeah. definitely be a big boost. Matt Olson is playing ridiculous baseball, stepping into the shoes of Freddie Freeman there. He's hitting like 400. I think uh, they're kind of in the same situation. They're not really hitting. They they just played the Dodgers. They had a tough uh, tough opening two weeks. So I think uh, I don't. The Braves are going to be. The Braves will be good. I mean, they got Freed. They got Soroka coming back anytime soon, or is he done for the year? I think later in the year he might come back. I mean, I think they got Ozuna out there. They got they got some good bats in that lineup. So I I wouldn't be. Uh, don't I wouldn't sleep on them. I think they're going to be good. But the Phillies, Phillies are going to Phillies are going to hit, but their their pitching is not that good. I mean, Wheeler's off to a terrible start. Nola's not doing that well. 
they're uh, they're gonna hit the ball, but they're also you're, they're gonna give up a lot of runs. So they're gonna be. I think they'll probably be a little bit over five hundred by the end of the year. If that. Yeah, I mean the the, the Marlins are kind of like the Orioles of the NL East, if you will, and uh, the Phillies not look good against them at all. Really, I mean Zach Wheeler gave up seven earned on Easter Sunday. Um, that was brutal for them. And then just to come back to the Braves, though, I know that they started off with, with a little bit of a tough schedule having to play the Dodgers and the Padres, but they opened up against the Reds, and they split a four-game series, and I'm not sure if the Reds have won a game since. No, I think they might actually be like 2-11. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think they are. <laughs> Um, they're two and eleven, so they won two games against the Braves and then haven't won since. I mean, that's that's bad for the Braves. They, that can't happen. And then they split the four game series with the Padres and then lost the series to the Dodgers. So haven't won a series yet. They're sitting at six and eight. Um, same with the Nationals. They're also six and eight. Um, Nationals aren't going to be good. I, they got. I wouldn't worry about. That. I'm not. I'm not worried about the Nationals at all. But I'm just like the Phillies and the Braves. I'm sure, like you said, Acuna's coming back. They got to get going at some point. But this is a Braves team that won the World Series without Acuna. So I, I don't. know, Is there cause for concern there? Or no. Still really early. Yeah, I mean the Braves. If you look last year, I believe they the Mets also did have like jump out to like a big four or five game lead. The Braves did I think start slow. So I mean I. I it's way too early to tell, obviously, but it could. I mean, it could be a World Series hangover. We'll see once Acuna comes back how the lineup looks. Uh, obviously, that's gonna be a huge boost for them. He's one of the one of the star players in the game. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be big on the Braves pitching though. I know they're gonna get Soroka back later in the year, but how can Freed uh, and Ian Anderson and those guys hold it down uh, for the Braves until that guy gets back? So. It's going to be interesting to see. You also yeah. got to remember, the Braves only won 88 games in the regular season last year. So, I mean, I'm not going to yeah. say that their World Series was a, a fluke, but they definitely got hot at the right time. Definitely. There was a, definitely a lot. I think there were a lot better teams. I, the Brewers were, I thought, were much better than them. And uh, the Giants and the Dodgers were also better than them. So, I think yeah. they just got they got hot at the right time, and that's that's why they won. So, they might not, might not live up to Braves fans' expectations this year. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right as far as, like, Acuna's coming back. But I do want to say, I mean, I'm not sure when it's going to be, but when the Mets get DeGrom back, that's going to be huge. Because you look at, like, the Mets will probably be a team, right, uh, come All-Star break. I'm hoping that they have a winning record. Um, and they'll be a team that's a, a buyer, right? They're going to be looking to maybe acquire another bat or another arm. Um, but in a way, it's almost like you're going to be a, a, a getting a huge new addition in Jacob DeGrom, a guy who you really haven't had all season. It's going to feel like you just got something new at the All-Star break. So that's going to be a huge boost for the Mets as well. I mean, hoping he obviously comes back healthy. Yeah, if he, maybe, they don't even, maybe they don't even make a move when right. the break, All-Star break comes if he's going to be coming back at that time. Yeah, if anything, get a bat. But the bats look good so far, so... I mean, we'll see. Like we said this whole podcast, the theme of this podcast has been it's early, but um, this is just some of the stuff that we've seen. Yeah, no, definitely. It is it is early. We're only a few weeks in, but, I mean, it's going to get going, and the days are going to start flying by, and we'll be, at the, we'll be at the All-Star break before you know it probably. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, Matt. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on today, yeah. Matt Truskowitz. Thanks uh, for having me. Your second, second – uh, podcast of your career i'm sure there'll be a few more and uh yeah it's been a pleasure and we'll see you next time on call it a comeback